0: 4,976 people were killed in the first three months of 2021. This is 387 more people killed compared to the corresponding. Welcome to Unsolved Murders SA, a podcast series where we will be delving into gruesome homicide investigations that, at the time of producing the episodes, were still open. The objective of this series is to keep the stories of the forgotten alive and hopefully help spark a memory for anyone listening in with intimate knowledge of the cases. The views, information or opinions expressed in this series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Swisher Post, its parent company and partners. Some of the content featured in this series describes details of extreme violence, therefore viewer's discretion is strongly advised. Frida Priscilla DuToit was a renowned fitness guru from North Riding, born on 6 June 1977. She matriculated from John Org Technical in 1995 at the age of 18, where she was head girl. Priscilla also played netball and was part of the school's 100-meter and 150-meter track team. Her affinity for health saw her graduate with a diploma in personal training and nutrition at Intech College in 1997. By 2003, Priscilla had widened her professional scope with a certificate in basic bookkeeping from Damelin. In the years that followed until 2018, Priscilla equipped herself with certificates in marketing management, VAT, protocol training, business management, Business life coaching, and other disciplines necessary for launching a successful startup company. However, in a tragic turn of events, Priscilla would not live to realize her ambitions of being an independent life coach, as you will come to find out. Outside of her demanding professional lifestyle, Priscilla was an avid fitness fanatic. In fact, in her spare time, she was a bodybuilder who frequently entered pageant competitions like the 2016's Miss Bikini South Africa. So how did a fitness guru with a great passion for animal rights, religion and fitness end up dead inside her home? The contents of this episode will largely deal with the unsolved murder of Priscilla. But in truth, the headline can be generally applied to many victims of gender-based violence in South Africa. There is one absolute truth that is, without a shred of a reasonable doubt, undeniable in the case of Priscilla, whose battered body was found in her four-ways residence on Thursday, 17 October 2019. She and her family were failed by the South African Police Service. Two years have come and gone and after the murder case was handed over from Douglasdale's homicide unit to SAPS's national office in Pretoria, Authorities are nowhere near zoning in on a prime suspect. Detroit's brother, Patrick Rossley, did not hold back his tongue in lambasting Douglasdale police for their amateurish handling of the investigation. Open quote. I actually sought legal advice to find out if there was any way that I could sue them, but I was told that it would be impossible if they were liable for my sister's death, which they were not. Close quote. At the root of the strain felt by Priscilla's family are the non-existent lines of communication between them and the lead investigators in the case. Rossley said, open quote, We are the ones who picked up the phone and call in every now and then to ask for updates in my sister's investigation. We never hear from them, Close quote. However, this infraction is almost completely dwarfed by the shocking nature of the way this investigation was handled before it was passed on to Nationals Homicide Unit. To put everything into context, let's revisit the facts of the case that were provided to us by members of the Detroit family. The last time anyone heard from Detroit was on Monday 14 October 2019, at approximately p.m., she had posted an excerpt from Stephen Furtick's sermon about purpose on her Facebook page. Between then and when her barely recognizable body was discovered three days later, Priscilla was met with an extremely violent end to her promising life. Neighbors had stumbled on a gruesome discovery on that Thursday morning and alerted the Douglasdale police. At the crime scene, Rossley was with his mother, Frida, and close friends of Priscilla, including three males who had a personal relationship with the deceased. Alarmingly, responding officers did not cordon off the scene. Unauthorized people were granted leeway to trample all over the evidence, and according to Rossley, the forensic team did not even bother to collect the victim's broken nails that were strewn all over the floor. Telling us about this shocking claim, Rossley said, open quote, we had to package the broken nails and send them in at the police station begging the guys to have a look at it for forensic DNA, close quote. Sure enough, 17 days later, when National's Homicide Unit reconstructed the crime scene in search of forensic traces, none were ever found. This, we've come to understand, was due to the fact that Detroit's home was cleaned by domestic workers on multiple occasions in the days after her body was removed from the crime scene. Rossley said about this. Open quote. Can you believe that no fingerprints were ever taken? I mean, not a single fingerprint was lifted by those guys. Tell me, how is that normal? Close quote. Till this day, Nobody knows how Priscilla's killer managed to slip into the high-security residential complex in four ways. Coincidentally, footage captured by CCTV cameras on that fateful night was lost due to supposed damage to the computer's hard drive after multiple bouts of unplanned load shedding. For people listening outside of uh, South Africa, load shedding is a rotational uh, system implemented by our national power supplier, ESCOM, um, where between periods of two to four hours, they cut off electricity in certain regions and municipalities to avoid the worst case scenario, which would be the collapse of our power system. Back to the story. This was the reason offered to Rosley and his family when they probed the complex's security for information. Based on the information sourced on the case, at the time it was still active in the months following the murder, three men who shared a romantic history with Priscilla were deemed persons of interest in the investigation. The suspects will not be named on this episode. Also. Certain information regarding the investigation is deemed as very necessary and therefore we will refrain from delving deep into certain aspects of the case since it is still theoretically open. One of the suspects was an ex-boyfriend Priscilla was involved with on and off for a long time. The man, who will be given the nickname Dave, was, according to her family, known to have a violent streak and firmly believed he had unfinished business with Priscilla. Dave was a member of a notorious biker gang known as the Crusaders, which Priscilla, in her younger years, was a part of. Formed in 2006, the Close-Knit Crusaders Motorcycle Club has close to 1,000 members and more than 25 chapters across South Africa. They are one-percenters, a reference to a comment once made by the American motorcyclists Association, which, open quote, that 99% of motorcyclists are low-abiding citizens and the remaining are 1% outlaws, close quote. The South African branch lives by the ethos, open quote. See everything, hear everything, say nothing, close quote. Hmm. This is where she met and befriended the second suspect, a man who will be given the nickname Dwayne. Dwayne's rap sheet is known to local authorities. From the information we have sourced Dwayne has had close associations with Douglasdale police and alleged ties with the underworld. Dwayne is a commanding figure that towers over people of regular height. Just like Priscilla Dwayne is a fitness fanatic whose physique saw him flourish in the private security business. In fact Duane was one of the first people to contact the media shortly after Priscilla was murdered to offer privileged information on the crime scene and investigation. The third suspect, by virtue of timing and circumstance, was a man who was romantically involved with Priscilla shortly before she was murdered. This man will be given the nickname Don. Now, according to Duane, who candidly spoke to the media after the death of Priscilla He was at the crime scene on that dreadful Thursday. Not only that, but according to Duane, he may have been the last person to be in contact with the fitness guru. However, the version of Duane's story, which we will explore, has been highly contested by the Detroit family. According to Duane, he was romantically involved with Priscilla in the last three weeks of her life. He claimed the two had reconnected in the months preceding the murder, years after their run-ins at events held by the crusaders, and according to Duane, Priscilla had hit hard times and was in need of a cash advance, which he happily provided. Priscilla was, this we confirmed with the Detroit family, in the process of selling her 4 ways residence in preparation of moving back to her mother's house, where she was going to restart her life at her own pace. The cash advance, we believe, was for Priscilla to finally kickstart her fitness company and according to Dwayne, not only did he provide the cash, he also allegedly assisted Priscilla with business administration processes. Close friends of Priscilla who knew about her association with Duane were always skeptical about the acquaintance. A friend of the fitness guru who, since we spoke with her in 2019, has pleaded to remain anonymous, revealed that something was always off about Dwayne. However, at least from Dwayne's account, Priscilla continued seeing him. According to Dwayne's version of the story, he was the last person to see Priscilla alive. Quoted in an article that was published two weeks after the murder, Dwayne claimed Priscilla had spent the night with him on Sunday, 13 October 2019, and returned to her 4 residence on that fateful Monday. Recalling his story, Dwayne said, open quote, From my knowledge, I was possibly the last person to see her alive. She spent the night with me on Sunday night and from about 10 p.m. on Monday evening, she went quiet, close quote. Duane has never denied being at the crime scene when Priscilla's body was discovered three days later. Claiming to have intimate knowledge on pathology reports and the post-mortem, Duane revealed that, according to the blood found inside the residence, Priscilla was murdered between 10 p.m. and 12 a.m. on Monday, 14 October 2019. Speaking to the media, Duane had claimed to have inside knowledge on the Douglasdale police investigation. He told reporters, open quote, the fingers at the moment are pointing to one of her exes. We have found confirmation that puts him Monday evening on site. This is at Detroit's residence with a Uber trip. We have also found emails that he is now trying to delete with pictures of the Uber profile but Uber are refusing to work with police. In fact, Dwayne went as far as accusing the ex-boyfriend, who in this case is Dave, of bragging to one of his girlfriends that he had access to Priscilla's house without keys and this, Dwayne claimed, was unbeknownst to Priscilla. These were his exact words. Open quote. We have voice recordings that this guy basically bragging to one of his new girlfriends that he's got access to Priscilla's house without keys and without her knowing it. There is one set of her keys missing and there is one set of her remotes missing. So he's got access to getting into her house without being detected. The family of Priscilla has rubbished many of the claims made by Dwayne indicated that in fact, the man had a disturbing obsession with the fitness guru. Interestingly, Dwayne, by virtue of his close association with Douglasdale police, was allowed freedom to access Priscilla's house, which on the day her body was discovered, was an active crime scene. Detroit's family has also claimed that Dwayne was seen removing crucial pieces of evidence from her property. Acts that under normal circumstances are condemned and by the way eyebrow raising alas despite a trail of circumstantial evidence that gave probable cause for Dwayne to be investigated further as a prime suspect in the murder SAPS's national homicide unit we believe has abandoned their pursuit and he is no longer a central focus of the investigation Side note, this is astonishing to say the least since, according to the Detroit family, this is not the first time a woman close to Duane has passed away under questionable circumstances. However, we will save this case for an episode later in the series. Don, according to information we have sourced, was romantically involved with Priscilla after her relationship with Dave ended. At the time, Priscilla was employed in the marketing division of Prime Media, a South African broadcasting giant. It's believed Don was partly responsible for Priscilla's decision to leave the company and venture out on her pursuit of self-employment. From the information obtained from the Detroit family, Priscilla and Don were, for the most part, happy in their relationship. However, Priscilla, with her history of dating hardened crusaders, found it difficult to adjust to a relationship with a soft-spoken Don. It's believed Don helped Priscilla immensely and provided her with the financial support she needed in her startup pursuit. But somewhere in that complex arrangement, the two fell out. And according to the Detroit family, Don has found it extremely difficult to move on from the death of Priscilla since he still blames himself for the tragedy that befell the fitness guru. From what we understand, Priscilla's decision to turn to Duane for help came after he had cut off all the support he'd given her. From what we understand, Don is no longer considered a suspect. Interestingly, however, Don, we have heard, has been making a valiant effort to move overseas in an effort to move away from the memories of that tragedy this however understandable as it may be has left many questions unanswered for the tutoid family then there is dave the love obsessed ex-boyfriend who priscilla survived after years of turbulence and abuse he was the suspect who, according to Duane, had bragged about having access to Priscilla's property without her knowledge. Remember, earlier, we quoted Duane telling reporters that Douglasdale police had Uber receipts proving that Dave had allegedly traveled to the fitness guru's four-way residence on the night of her murder. According to Duane, Dave, who lived by the crusader's oath of silence, Bragged about this to his girlfriend and friends. However, Dwayne's accusations about Dave were never corroborated, and from our knowledge, no concrete evidence exists that links Dave to Priscilla's murder. With no physical evidence acceptable in a court of law, no concrete suspects, and very few willing to come forward with information, Detroit's murder investigation has hit a dead end. For the family. Years passed and the hope of finding closure in the loss of a daughter and a sister is slowly diminishing. toit's death, much like cases of many South African women who die in the hands of unscrupulous men, remains unsolved. If you are listening to this episode and happen to have information that could help investigators, please contact SAPS's toll-free Crime Stop number at 0860010311 This brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you for listening.